is the foundation of our Christian walk, of our Christian journey. So how do we move forward in faith? How do we take action in faith? In this continued series on Hebrews 11, Faith in Action, we're going to get into the next three recordings in this episode. Let's get growing. Hello and welcome to the Prages Plant Podcast, the show that talks about growing, growing a garden, a homestead, a healthy family, and most importantly, growing closer to God. I'm your host, Crystal Media, owner of the Red Ridge Farm Homestead, where our mission is to help women of faith find the courage to grow healthy food for their family while building a closer relationship with our Lord and Savior. That's you. Don't let the world hold you back. Pray, just plant. Hello, fellow growers, and welcome to the Pray to Plant podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Media, and today in Season 12, Episode 2, we're going to continue our walk with the Lord in our Bible study of faith in action. Our journey starts with the belief, the belief in our Lord Jesus Christ that he came, he died, and covered our sins. The next step is faith and believing in what we cannot see. But what do we do in faith? We act. God asks us to act in faith. And Hebrews 11, justly titled Faith in Action chapter, is about that. And not only does he show us what we need to do, but he takes us back into the different prophets of the Old Testament and literally walks us through how another person stepped out in faith, how on their journey stepped out in faith in action. So today in this episode, I'm going to bring to you the next three segments of this Bible study. Yes, this is going to be a Bible study. I'm working very hard on creating a tangible, physical Bible study that go along with these episodes. And that's why I wanted to pull these out of the Growing With God segment. In each of the previous episodes, in the longer ones, the blog type episodes, I put in the Growing With God segment, where we dive into the Bible and learn more about our Lord and Savior together. So today, in this episode, we're going to be covering Hebrews 11, 13 through 21 in three different recordings. There are two other blog posts or podcast episodes that does have the previous six episodes, and they are going to take you from Hebrews 11, 1 through Hebrews 12. So if you want to jump in on this Bible study, you hear something exciting here, but you want to learn more, I'll put the links to those in the show notes and in the description box below. So now let's get to those recordings that I have for you today. We're going to be continuing our study into Hebrews 11 and our little Bible study on faith in action. We've already read through 1 through 12, and today we're going to read through 13 through 16. If you'd like to read along with me, I'm reading out of the NIV translation. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. This reminds us that all of the people that we've been talking about in these verses, Abraham, Sarah, Noah, Cain, Abel, they were all exhibiting their faith in God and believing in who God was. And God chose them for special 
purposes in a way so that we can learn from them. And in these verses, 13 through 16, it's kind of doing that. In a way, it ties almost to John 3, 16, where God says that through our faith, when we believe, we are given eternal life. And it says in 15, if they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. So if they would not rested their trust in God, if Abraham wouldn't have picked up everything and only focused on God and what God could provide for him and the promises that he said that he would do, if he thought about his old life or he thought about his old ways, he probably would have returned because God asked him to step out in faith and leave everything. What about Noah? He not only stepped out in faith to leave everything, but literally everything, all of mankind was wiped out in front of him. By his faith, he stepped out with God and condemned the world right alongside him. And because of that, he was an heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. So when we step out in our walk, when we step out in our belief, we can't think back to the old life and how the old life was and how the ties that pulled us there. We have to stay in that faith and we have to look forward to the promise. If we think back on the old things and we don't change our minds and souls to become a new person, then we can think that we can return to our old ways. God here is saying that it's our faith, in fact, our faith in action that is going to draw us closer to him because we're going to be longing for that better country, that heavenly one, and that God is preparing a city. Here it's talking about how he was preparing a city for them, but with Jesus now, he is also preparing a city for us. John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that for who all believe in him may have eternal life life. Even Jesus says in John that he is preparing a place for us, a city of gold, a city of no worries, a place of rest, a pray, a place of peace. And not only that, but a place where we can walk hand in hand with our Lord. Isn't that amazing? So I want to remind you this week that when you step out in faith, that sometimes means not looking back, but looking forward to what is to come. This week, we're continuing our series on faith in action by reading Hebrews. We're going to be reading Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. We've already covered one through 16. If you'd like to hear that Bible study or those little Bible study snippets, be sure to check out the previous episodes starting this year, January 2023. I believe they're in season nine and in currently now season 10. I hope to be making a group of these all in one post. Once we get through this Bible study, I'm going to create a single blog post or a single episode with all of these streamed together so that we can have the this full Bible study as one conclusive Bible study. So let's read, and if you would like to read along with me, I'm reading out of the NIV translation. Let's read Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. 
By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his own and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. That is an interesting story, isn't it? about Isaac and how God had promised him. I mean, we listened about how Sarah had doubt that she would become pregnant because she was so old and that Abraham himself wasn't sure how he was going to bear a son. He was also in the old age. He thought that that was past, but God had promised that he would give him a nation. That was his gift for following his and obeying God, leaving everything behind. So I'm going to be reading the verses in Genesis about this instance where Abraham is asked to sacrifice his son. This is in Genesis 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded up his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he sent out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the word for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar and on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your, your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it to the burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by, my, by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. As the sand in the, on the seashore, your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off towards Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Isn't that an interesting story of Abraham? So God has asked Abraham to do several things for him. He's asked him to leave his people, to leave his family, not his immediate family, but to leave all others, leave all the connections. He's already an old man, so he has lots of connections, and to go, go to a foreign land. And God promises him that once he follows those instructions by leaving Lot, he promises him a nation. And in a way, in that story also, Abraham is shocked. He's like, I don't have any kids. How is this going to happen? 
So in a way, God had to retest his faith because Abraham and both Sarah, as we've talked about before, didn't trust fully that they could have children. Yes, they trusted that God would fulfill the promise, but they didn't know how. And when it came down to them having a child, they didn't think that was the possible way. He didn't understand it because he was old. He was past the age and Sarah was definitely past the age of bearing a child. But the Lord said it would happen. And I think in a little bit, this is why Abraham is retested to confirm his faith. So Abraham knew after the birth of his son that God was going to fulfill that promise. And now God was asking him to take his son and sacrifice him, essentially kill him. But what does Abraham say to his son when he asks him where the sacrifice is? Does he sit there and say, you are the sacrifice? No, he says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. God is going to provide it. And essentially, that's what he thought was going to happen, that God would provide. God said he was going to do something and he still believed it. He didn't understand why he was being taken to the top of this mountain, why he was being asked to sacrifice his son, but he knew that God would still somehow fix it. And that in fact, in Hebrews says that he probably thought that God would just bring his son back to life after he slayed him because he was sure that God would give the promise that he said he would give and that he could do anything to make that promise come true, even bring his son back to life. Then Abraham on the verge of taking his son, when an angel stops him, he says to wait, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. Now, in this instance, fear doesn't mean afraid. It means respect. It means that he believes that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. And so then he gives the promise again. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sands on the seashore. We can rest in this faith also. We can rest in the assurance that God is going to fulfill his promises, but we also have to do our side. God is asking us to obey. God is asking us to step out in obedience even when we don't understand because faith is believing in what we cannot see even when we don't understand how it's going to happen. We don't know the path that God has for you and me, except for the one path of eternal glory with him. And when we can rest in that path that God is going to take care of us, when we believe in Jesus, when we believe that he came to earth, was God, died on the cross, covered our sins, and rose again, when we believe that, John 3, 16 says that we will have eternal life. And that's when we need to be obedient and step out in faith. Sometimes stepping out in faith is reading your Bible every day, but sometimes it's God asking you to do something, maybe calling that neighbor to check on them or stepping out and just speaking to others about him. You may not understand why God is asking you to do what he's asking you to do, but there is a reason and everything God asks you to do is for your good. You may not understand it. You may not understand how it possibly could be, but in the end, it 
always will be. So I want you to remember this week that through faith, through believing in what we cannot see, we have eternal glory. And when we step out in faith, in faith in action, that is us stepping out in doing and obeying, even though we don't understand why. Today we're continuing our study into faith in action by reading from Hebrews 11. We've already read through Hebrews 11, 1 through 19, and today we're going to be reading 20 and 21. If you'd like to read along with me, I'm reading out of the NIV translation. So Hebrews 11, 20 through 21. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob an issue in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. Those are very simple verses. But if we go back and read the story of Isaac and the blessing of Jacob in issue, and we read the story of Jacob when he was dying and he blessed Joseph's sons, we can understand by reading these blessings why these two are very important in this part of the Bible, why they are important in and how they're stepping out in faith in action. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called Ishu, his older son, and said to my to him, my son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Issue. When Issue left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Issue, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat, so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice goats, so I can prepare them, prepare some tasty food for your father, just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat, so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Issue is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I will be, I will appear to be tricking him and would bring him down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. Now, this all goes back into a story previously where Issue kind of gives up his right as the first son. And it sounds here like Rebekah's being deceiving and Jacob's being deceiving, but in a way, they're just fulfilling what is was put down by issue. He said that he would give Jacob his rights as firstborn. Now, Isaac doesn't know this, so he's ready to bless issue. But in truth, he is supposed to be blessing Jacob. And in the end, he blesses both of them. So I'm going to skip down to the blessing. He went to his father and said, my father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am issue your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me my, your blessing. Isaac asked his son, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Japheth, Come near so that I can touch my son to know whether you are really my son issue or not. Jacob went close to his father. And of course, he finds out that, you know, they put little calf hairy things on his arms and he is eventually convinced that Jacob is issue. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, 
Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the fields the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches, abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brother and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Of course, issue comes in and says, what's going on? You're blessing Jacob when you're supposed to be blessing me. So then his father Isaac answered me, your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of the heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. So both of these blessings are talking about the future. Both of these blessings are telling essentially how the their sons, even though Isaac was not going to live to see this, God told him how his sons would move forward because he had the promise. He had the promise from Abraham to Isaac that God would be making them a great nation. Now, if we skip over to where Jacob is giving his blessing, this is how Jacob blesses Joseph's two sons. Okay, this is in Genesis 48. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walk faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly on the earth. So here you have Jacob and Isaac, both descendants of Abraham. So Abraham was given the promise that he would become a great nation. Now, Isaac believed in that promise that God gave not to him, but gave to his father because his father blessed him in the same way. And Isaac blessed his children. And then Jacob then goes and blesses Joseph and his children, saying that they are going to become a great nation. So these two men, by faith and by faith alone, they didn't have conversations with God and God didn't give them the promise directly to them. They gave it to their great grandfather, Abraham, or their father, Abraham, and they passed it down through faith. They passed down that promise that they were going to be, that their children were going to be a great nation. So those simple verses, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob an issue in regards to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's son and worshiped as he had leaned on the top of his staff. So by faith, these people reached out and blessed their children with the promise that was already given by God. They promised something that they were never told of, but they knew that God would be faithful. And so they knew that their children were going to be a great nation because God promised Abraham that. And we can trust in the Lord as they did. When God promises to keep his promises, we can rest in that as they did. We can rest in that hope. We can rest in that God is going to fulfill the promises that he says he's going to fulfill. And doesn't that feel good in this world of turmoil, in this world of doubt, in this world of uncertainty? Doesn't it feel good to have finally something that we can truly rest in? And that when we're feeling stressed and aggravated and completely alone, we can lean on our Lord. We can lean into the promises 
promises that he has for us. And as we talked about last time, we can lean into the future of the gifts that we're going to get from God. And that when we step out in action and we obey and we do the things, even though we don't understand why he's asking us to, that God is going to fulfill the promises. He is going to step forward and he's going to stand up for you. Because not only did he stand up for you, he died for you. Jesus went to the cross. He died for you, which then eradicated your sins so that you now can walk through your belief in him, can walk with God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Your sins have been washed clean. You have been washed clean, all because of not what you have done, but because of your faith. And because of the faith Isaac had and the faith that Jacob had, they were willing to bless their children with the same promises because they knew the promises that God gave were going to be fulfilled. So I just want to remind you this week that sometimes faith is doing what we cannot see, that faith is acting even though we don't know the end result. It is acting, it is obeying, It is believing, even though the promises in the Bible were not directly directed to us, they are still for us and we can rest in his salvation. Wow. Isn't it interesting how God shows us how to be? He not only wants to save us, give us salvation, but he wants to sanctify us and build a relationship with him. So I hope you enjoyed this episode today. Again, if you need to go back and you want to learn more about Hebrews 11 and other Bible studies, you can go back to the previous episodes. You can find these in season nine through season 11, or you can go back to those two, well now three, episodes where I brought these things together. I'm going to be working hard to get this Bible study done for you so that you can grab a tangible workbook, something that you can work through this from beginning to end in your growing journey. So again, thank you for joining me. And as always, don't let the world hold you back. Pray, just plant. This week's episode is brought to you by the Planning Beyond the Harvest Handbook. This handbook was designed to help you get your harvest onto your family's plates. We grow all this delicious food, and sometimes in the garden planning, we forget about the harvest and beyond the harvest. This workbook will walk you through the five steps that I use to get beyond the harvest. You can grab your copy at redridgefarm.org backslash resources.